Hello. Hi. You got your tea? We're here because we're starting a podcast. We are. What's the podcast called then? It's called Sanity. Like tea. Like tea. (laughs) Hello. Hello. How is everybody? Hi, folks. It's Nin and Nan. It is Nin and Nan, and we're we're doing our sanity podcast. Yes, we are. It's our first official episode. The introduction has been posted, so if you don't know who we are or what this podcast is about, you can go check out that little 10-minute snippet of what we're going to be bringing to you here. But this is our first official episode, and we're going to be talking about depression today. Yes, we are. Super fun subject. But, um... To get going, I guess, we're going to talk like a little bit about our life. I want to know how your week's been. I mean, we're here, and so it's fantastic. Where's here? Oh, we're in the UK visiting Associate because we're from America. Uh-huh. And we're, um, we're a long-distance partner system couple. We both have DID, and um, when we're referring to systems, like dissociative system, that means all the alters in one body. So dissociative mm-hmm. system is everybody in my body, and mm-hmm. team pinata is everybody in your body. Everybody in your body. Everybody in your body. Everybody. Body. As Jeremy would say. Body. Is he around? I don't know. If you guys don't know any of these names, you should check out our YouTube channels at Dissociated and Team Pinata, and you'll be able to meet some of the alters who will be appearing on this podcast to talk to Mm. you about mental health. Yeah. Um, But we will be introducing ourselves at the start of every episode. Yeah. But yes, the babies are staying with me. Mm -hmm. They've come over to visit. It's such a relief. Long it's such a relief. It is. And it's really, really good to be here with you. Mm-hmm. It's like any time spent together is so appreciated. Like no matter what we're doing, even if we're, I don't know, doing chores. The most monotonous things can be like full of joy because mm-hmm. I get to do it with you. And it sounds mm-hmm. so cheesy, but when you're long distance, even the smallest things like just being able to see you walking around. Mm-hmm. Or, like, see you as more than just a face on a screen. And yeah. hear your voice without, you know, like, microphone static. It's just, mm-hmm. I feel like the luckiest person in the world. I feel super duper lucky, too. And, ah, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we're going to figure out, we're going to figure out visas and, and stuff soon. Yes, we are. But you've been here for a week now. Yeah. And so far, it's been pretty good. Um. Yeah. It's winterish time. It's getting towards winter, and so there's a lot of. So it's a hard. It's a hard season. It is a hard season so, for both of us. Yeah. We both have trauma anniversaries around winter, so we're gonna be spending it together to try and help each other, support some of the weight, and be as healthy mm-hmm. a couple and a people as we can be. So far, it's made like a world of difference. Just being able to have like physical contact with you mm. during like tough times mm-hmm. and um, being able to like cuddle you and and hold you and stuff. And it's good to like be there for you like when you're having a hard time. I feel like I feel more useful. More than useful. It, I, I feel like I can be more helpful than I can be over the phone. It's very frustrating being long distance and knowing mm-hmm. that your partner is struggling and not being able to be there 
because mm -hmm. like I've only got your attention for as long as you're looking at the phone so mm -hmm. if you're in a flashback or something and you can't be using the phone mm -hmm. I can't help you mm -hmm. and that being removed when you're actually here with us like mm -hmm. it's oh, it's so good did it just take a picture no, I knocked the thing. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I like tapped the camera pod tripod thingy majig. Mm. But we both suffer from depression, which mm -hmm. is why it's good that we're here today. And yeah. yeah, maybe we should talk about our personal experiences with it. That sounds like a good idea. Mm. Because man um, depression manifests itself differently in everyone. Mm -hmm. And there's like a certain set of symptoms. And like, I, I believe that the brain the way that the chemical imbalance in the brain is around depression, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's like similar in everybody with depression, but the way depression manifests itself and everybody is different. Mm -hmm. And depression, I think, is a pretty universal emotion. A lot of people don't have chronic depression or like well, um, severe clinical depression. Yeah, there's definitely a line between having depression and being depressed. Mm -hmm. So depression isn't an emotion. Being depressed mm -hmm. is an emotion. Yeah. Depression is a disorder, a mental health disorder. And I yeah. think it's very important to distinguish between the two. Yeah. Because in the same way people talk about anxiety, they can say like, oh, I'm really, really anxious is different from saying I have an anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. One's an emotion that everybody can experience. Mm -hmm. Yes, more on the extreme end of the spectrum, but the other one is, you know, an actual issue with your brain chemistry that affects the way you live your life and, you know, can yeah. have quite serious impact on what you're capable of doing and how you process information. Yeah. Not um, to jump on you or anything. I just oh, no problem. It's important to <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It is important to distinguish. It is important to distinguish because um, uh, I also think that the word depression is thrown a lot around a lot. Like, uh, if they don't have my flavor of ice cream at the store, I'm going to be so depressed. I'm mm. going to be so depressed. And um, obviously, that's a very extreme vocabulary to describe them not having your ice cream. Mm -hmm. I would say you're going to be very disappointed at the very most. <laughs> I mean, some people don't see the harm in throwing things like that around. And most of the time it is, you know, completely, it's not intended to be offensive. Mm. And of course, it's not fun to have to double think about everything you're mm. going to say right before you say it. Yeah. But I think that, you know, the more people are educated about how serious these issues are and how mm. they can really turn someone's life upside down, prevent yeah. you from having the future you want to have if yeah. you're not getting help the less people might feel inclined to throw words like that around. Yeah. The same with the word triggered, actually. That's kind oh, of become a meme. Yeah, that's kind of like, um, that's actually really common in America for people to go, oh, that's like really triggering for me when like, I, I don't know, somebody cuts in front of them in line or something. I'm so triggered that they didn't have my flavor of ice cream. Or yeah. Whatever. And that's actually derived from PTSD. A trigger is yeah. when... It's sort of like when the brain goes off to find something similar that it can relate to an experience with. Like if you experience the smell of sun cream, 
the memory of a holiday might pop into your head. Mm-hmm. It's kind of associated. A trigger will be something that the brain then associates with something extremely negative that can then cause a flashback. Mm-hmm. It's different from just a yeah. negative connotation. Yeah. It's actually... A, it's a trauma thing. It's very unpleasant. Yeah. And, um... Uh, Definitely not a, mm. oh, I wish they had that ice cream in my flavor. Yeah, it's not something that... I don't know. I'm not really super stoked that people throw that word around, but that goes for like a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we're talking about depression. We are talking about depression. Um, I, I, um, I don't know. I've been around since childhood. Like my identity, mm-hmm. who I am, who Nan is, has been around since early childhood, and I remember feeling depressed then. And I first remember going to see a psychiatrist, psychologist, psychiatrist, some doctor of mental health when I was like five or six. Okay. That was the first time. And I was first diagnosed with depression when I was about 13 or 14, I think. But um, I remember feeling depressed long before that in, like, grade school. How did it manifest in you? Um, How did you experience depression? Well, um, it's kind of been... I'm trying to, like, think about it, like, my my earlier experiences. Like, um, it's very hard for me to remember my childhood yeah um but the way depression manifests in me and how it manifested back then as far as I can remember was intense self-hatred complete lack of energy Mm -hmm. um I I go from sleeping all day and to like having really hard time going to sleep and only being able to sleep for a couple hours at a time. Um, my concentration goes off. Um, the brain, I, I had, um, I had a, a psychologist once, um, liken it to wearing shit colored glasses. Oh, nice. And so it's basically like, like I am experiencing life but through this lens of lethargy and everything is terrible. Everything is, is, is shitty. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like when depression is extreme, it can get physically excruciating. It can get physically painful. I mean, I've experienced a lot of pain in my life, both physical, mental, emotional, Mm -hmm. but I have always said that depression, when it's at its most extreme is the most agonizing excruciating thing I've ever had to deal with agreed and it's not something that you can just be like oh well you know don't think like that or Mm -hmm. oh try and focus on the positives because (laughs) your brain is an organ and a muscle just like any other muscle organ in your body it Mm -hmm. can dysfunction it can you know have problems that need to be dealt with on a physical level yeah and because your brain controls everything it's not as easy as being like, oh, well, I'm not being logical. Let's change it. Because mm-hmm. your brain controls the way you think. 
a lot of people say like, oh, I don't understand why they're depressed. They can't be depressed. They've got mm -hmm. no reason to be depressed. Oh yeah, how many times have you heard like, well, you you live in a in a first world country. You have no reason to be depressed. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, I know. I know I have quote unquote no reason to be depressed. That doesn't change the fact that I am in over my head. Yeah. It's not a choice that I think anybody would want to make. No. And I think a lot of people also focus on, oh, they're doing it for attention. Okay, so what if they are doing it for attention? But what if they aren't? Mm -hmm. I know what side I would rather assume on. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody's looking for attention, okay, great, they get some attention. But if they really need that support, mm -hmm. then you giving them that support could be the difference between them going home and contemplating mm -hmm. ending their life and them feeling like maybe they can carry on for another day. Yeah. Not that you should ever put someone's entire life on your shoulders, as it's mm -hmm. always that person's responsibility to look after themselves and to mm -hmm. pursue their own healing. That is that is not your responsibility as much as you love that person. But I like to look on the not necessarily the brighter side, but to think the best in people who may need help rather than immediately jumping to, are they faking? Why are they doing this? It doesn't matter why they're doing it. What matters is they could be hurting and they're reaching mm -hmm. out for help. And that is extremely difficult to do. It is. It is. Like, um, especially with depression. And I'm thinking that depression is an awful way to get attention if you're going to do it for attention. <laughs> depression is... Absolute, it can be absolutely crippling. And if it, if it hasn't been for like the professional help that I've been given in my lifetime, I'm very lucky to have gotten the professional help I've gotten. I don't know if I would have made it to my ripe old age of 30. <laughs> you really didn't want to say that, did you? No. <laughs> You're like, uh, I'm 30. Uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. This body. <laughs> you don't identify with the body's age, do you? No, I don't. No. No, I don't. 23. I I identify as 23. I haven't aged past since. Like, I, I, I didn't turn 24 on my 24th birthday. I didn't realize it, but I've been 23. Um, since. Yeah. And this isn't a, oh, I've decided that I don't want to age anymore. This is a dissociative identity disorder thing. Mm. Um, alters can... Yeah. not be the age of the body it's a trauma be, thing it's a trauma related thing yes yeah um, um so when did you first like when was depression like when do you first remember being depressed when i first noticed it at the time i was around eight mm -hmm. but looking back at memories and stuff <clears throat> Some of the earliest memories I have, like I was, like I was acting out, like dying, and mm -hmm. stuff like that from a really young age, and just yeah. feeling a lot tied in with dissociation as well. Of like nothing's real, I'm not real, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not really alive, I don't deserve to be alive. Yeah, um, and just a lot of I only exist to absorb other people's pain and to help other people get to a place that I wish I could. I exist as a sort of martyr type mm. 
individual and my only purpose in life is to help other people and suffer. And yeah. that is a, an atrocious view for a child to have. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite sad. It is. And I didn't say anything um, because I was very ashamed and very embarrassed and I thought people wouldn't believe me or take me seriously. And um, it's hard to find the vocabulary at a young age to describe the intense, deep feelings of that of that kind of thing, huh? But I never told anybody until I was 16. And um, at that point, I was, you know, kind of barely hanging on to life. Mm-hmm. And I went to my doctor and I said, I think I'm depressed and I'm suicidal. I'm self-harming and I need you to help me. And he looked me in the eyes and said, you don't look depressed. <laughs> and um, he put me on a waiting list for some, some therapy and that was it. Never heard from it again. And it was like that had been years that I'd been working up to telling oh somebody. My God. And it, it's really fucked up. It kind of just shot me down, you know. I'm scoffing because this is this is very this, this is, is pretty common. common. Yeah. And it's terrible. And I remember mm-hmm. Talking to my friends and being like, that they'd be taking their antidepressants, and I'd be like, mm-hmm. "How did you get those?" And they'd be like, "Oh, I just went to my doctor. I told them how I was feeling, and you know, they put me on therapy. They gave me antidepressants." And I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, how do you feel?" And they were like, "Oh, very, very tired all the time, very, very sad, but nothing to the level not to compare." But they weren't suicidal. They weren't self harming or anything like that. I went in saying, "I, I have." active plans to end my life and I need help because I'm mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I can come back from this and mm-hmm. maybe I'm making a mistake and I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing and I didn't get any medication I didn't get any support I was told that you know you're too young to have depression and which is bullshit yeah and I was looking at all these other people and being like well why don't I deserve this? What's wrong with me? I must be, I must be right. I don't deserve help. And, you know, I was never intended, it was never intended for me to live as long as I did. Um, so it's, it's so important for doctors to be trained on mental health. It's very true. There's, there's a lot of, of stigma around mental health issues with, um, physically, physically, physically focused doctors mm-hmm. um and i had a thought um i consider myself lucky because when i began seeking treatment for mental health stuff um i was pretty much listened to right away but then again it was my mom who kind of noticed me being depressed and took me to see a doctor. Um, I'm glad that she stepped in. Yeah. Well, it's um, oftentimes depression can be genetic, and um, there's a big history of mental health issues, um, depression and anxiety on my mom's side, um, and addiction on my dad's side. Um, and so my mom, I guess, could recognize the signs. And it's not like I got, it's not like I got the help that, um, I needed right away. I mean, finding the medication that works for you is 
it can be a very long process. And it's not the same for everyone. Something Mm-mm. that I find interesting is that the antidepressant that you, one of the antidepressants you were mm-hmm. on, that you find works really well for you, mm-hmm. is one that was the first one I was given. And mm-hmm. it made me so much worse. Mm-hmm. And I was pulled off that really fast. And after it had time to settle because it just... My God, was not was not good for me. I'm glad that I'm um, glad you're off of it. Me too. But the one I'm on now that works really well for me, which is sertraline, didn't work for you. Mm-mm. So just Mm-mm. because something works well for your friend or somebody you know doesn't mean that that's going to be the right match for you. Everybody's yeah. brain chemistry works different. Some people may not need medication. And I think what I thought as well when I was hoping well, nothing else is working for me, therapy's not working for me, you know, grounding tips and CBT isn't working for me, I must, it must be a biological issue, I need medication. I kind of thought that, okay, well, if this is the only thing that's going to work, it's going to be a magic cure. You take the medication and you'll feel better, you'll feel Mm -hmm. like a normal person again, or whatever I'm assuming a neurotypical person's experience is. Yeah. But it it doesn't work like that. No. I, I find that it kind of gives you the ability to 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 um to function it gives yeah. you the ability to function it takes the edge off but depression still exists oh, yeah. even if i'm on antidepressants and i'm on a couple at least i still get depressed mm-hmm. i still get depressed and there are still days where it's hard to get out of bed where i have like no energy there's periods of weeks even and it used to be periods of years mm. where it was just so hard to do anything and everything was just so painful moving sucked even moving and um just everything just the experience of everything is was agonizing like breathing mm, was physically difficult like this I don't know how it manifested for you but I got I always would get this feeling in the pit of my stomach that would just feel like every time I breathed, like someone clawing my insides out. It felt mm-hmm. like being torn apart from the inside out. It was agonizing. Everything was like hearing the worst news you've ever heard, hearing mm-hmm. somebody died, like every, everything, everything, all the time. Yeah. It was this inescapable agony. And people expected you to just carry on like nothing was wrong and, you know, Go get yeah. those A stars, Chloe. Go on, go go do it. Um, Chloe is the the body's name, by the way. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard, and so many people feel like they're alone. Mm-hmm. But depression is such a common issue. But it is so isolating. The nature of yeah, that disorder is, is so isolating. But I promise that there are people who will understand you. There, there are is. people who will believe you and who will listen to you. And there is help out there that will work there is for help. you. There is help, and it looks different for everybody. Um, with the medication thing, mm-hmm. it's not a it's not a fix all. No, and even like it took me a couple years at least to get on the right cocktail of meds for it to actually do something. But even then, I still get depressed. I still have episodes of severe, intense depression, and so I need to be able to use the coping skills that I've learned. I need to continue going to therapy. I need to 
make sure that I eat healthy and I exercise and I get proper sleep. All of these things help balance the brain chemicals even more mm -hmm. and it creates a healthy lifestyle that encourages a more balanced mind. Yeah. It's um so I have to put the work in too. Mm. The the pills don't fix everything. And some people may not need to do as much work as for example mm -hmm. we might because we have uh severe severe backgrounds of trauma. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we have DID. Um but some people may get depressed for maybe six months. They, mm -hmm. you know, you go to therapy, you do the things you need to do, you get the support, you work on it, and it will lift. And you may never experience it again throughout your life. Other people will have it mm -hmm. maybe because of an environmental cause or an emotional cause, like yeah. the death of a loved one. Mm -hmm. And they may experience depression because of that for maybe a few years or something like that mm -hmm. one in four people will experience depression in their lifetime that does not mean that it is a life sentence mm -hmm. and it does not mean that you have to deal with it on your own it's true it's true depression having clinical depression having depression that needs to be regulated on a daily basis is not a death sentence are you dissociating? Yeah, I am. I'm sorry. Crap. Okay, shall we bring this background? Yeah. I think that it's a good idea to end on our good tea segment. I think that's a good idea. Did we finish talking about depression? I think we wrapped up pretty well. I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> so this is how de depression, oh my goodness, this is how dissociation can manifest in dissociative identity disorder. Nan has lost their train of thought and is currently zoning out from the looks of it. Are you okay, sweetie? Uh-huh. You want me to get... You want me to... Okay, let me, let me do this. Okay. I love you. Um, I love you. We have a segment that we want to end on, which is called Good Tea. Yeah. And we're going to end by sharing good news from you guys that you've tweeted into us at Sanity Podcast about what good things have happened to you this week. Yeah. <laughs> so let's choose some, shall we? Okay. Do you want to read one out each? Sure. You want to go first? Okay. Kyra said, for Sanity Podcast News, Canada has opened its doors for all. Canada now has its first ever tiny house neighborhood for homeless veterans. And in England, a home, oh, a homeless woman, no. No, that's wrong. I'm sorry. I'm reading it wrong. I'm dissociating too. And in England, a woman and her pet otter, awesome, want one, spent the last 40 years protecting endangered species. She says, love wow. you guys. We love you too, Kyra. Okay. Skolest. Skolest. says... My good tea is having professors who care about me as a student and advocate for me even when I'm doing kind of bad. I've been slacking a lot on schoolwork because I've been stressed and tired, but they make me feel better about it. I'm so glad that you have the support you need. It's really, it's really good to have support from professionals. Especially like, in like a school 
um, or work environment where a lot is expected of you. That's so good to have that. Mm -hmm. It makes a huge difference. It does. Yes, Catherine. My good tea is that I managed to get out and have lunch with a friend today after I've been in crisis for the last couple of days. We're proud of you, Catherine. Oh, hell yeah. You go, girl. Or Do person. it. Whatever your designated pronouns are, go you. Someone named Claude Cla Claudette says, so this overwhelming def defeat feeling I've had for the last four years has lifted and I'm now absolutely hopeful of what comes next. All thanks to my lovely doctors, Christina K and Albert F. Mental health is so important. Thanks for podcasting. Lots of love, everybody. Claude. Thank you, Claude. Aw. I that's like so that sweet. segment. <laughs> that, that was, that's cool to hear. It's, it is. It's good to hear good news because with depression, it can often seem like everything is awful. Everything is the worst. But There is no more good news. There is good news. It's just hard to see it through those shit colored glasses. It is. It is. So if you guys want to be featured on our next episode or you have some feedback for us, you can follow our accounts at Sanity Podcast. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and you can also find us on YouTube if you want to see the filming of these uncut podcasts. You get to see our faces in person. Please feel free to go follow Sanity. And if you are listening on an audio device, you can find us on Anchor and Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Wherever you look, we should be there. I hope you guys have enjoyed our first official episode. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> You're off somewhere, aren't you? You're floating. I am floating. You're literally looking at the ceiling. I'm looking at that light right there. Don't ill hurt your eyes. Oh. I love you. I love you. You want to sign off? Yeah. Are we signing off? We're signing off. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.